on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. The Six Nations on the Left Wing Podcast. Hello and welcome to the left wing. Well, what a classic we've just witnessed here at the Juve Stadium. Ireland have beaten France 32 points to 19 in a sensational Six Nations game. It's a bonus point win, four tries in total for Ireland uh, from Hugo Keenan, James Lowe, Andrew Porter in the first half and Gary Ringrose in the second half. The Grand Slam is still on for Ireland. Well, I'm joined by Rory O'Connor and Keen Tracy. Well, lads, I don't know if you've got your breath back yet after that game, but what an incredible test game we've just witnessed here, Rory. Absolutely, Sinead. Like the first half in particular, I tweeted earlier, I think it was the greatest game, first half of rugby I've ever seen. The, first, the quality that was on show for minute one, you know, the fact that the ball hit the spider cam when James O tried to clear his lines, and it just, chaos flowed from there. We saw Johnny Sexton make more than 70 metres of ball in hand, testing out those hamstrings that, you know, uh, like no 35-year-old or no 37-year-old should ever be made to run that fast in front of this many people. It was stunning. And Ireland were the better team. Ireland deserved their win. They scored four tries to one. They led for most of the game. France had their moments. They were dangerous. They they hung on in there. They defended brilliantly. You know, Damien Pinot's tackle on Mac Hansen's one of the, sorry, sorry uh, Antoine Dupont's tackle on Mac Hansen, one of the greatest pieces of defensive play I've ever seen. But Ireland were held over the line four times. They should probably be more comfortable if they've been able to take their chances. But France just hung on in there, played like the champions that we know they are. Um, and, and made Ireland work so, so hard for it. But Ireland, there's no doubt about it now. They are the real deal. They are definitively the number one team in the world right now. Whether that counts for anything at the World Cup, we'll wait and see. But right now, there's a Six Nations there to be won, a Grand Slam there to be won. And to be honest, this team are so good and play such good rugby and are so full of character. That it would be such a shame for them to slip up against one of the weaker teams having beaten the best today. Yeah, Keen, sometimes hype just doesn't live up to reality. This time it outlived, it went was better than its billing, wasn't it, this game? Yeah, and I think we should put it into context about what Ireland have achieved here. This was, you know, before, you know, looking ahead to the World Cup, the last unchecked box that they had to do. Uh, Andy Farrell had never beaten this French team. They'd, Ireland had lost the last three games. They're Grand Slam champions. But not only to beat them, but to beat them by four tries to one and the manner of the tries that they scored. I mean, to see Hugo Keenan score a try that was straight out of the Joe Schmidt playbook. Uh, if listeners re- remember, uh, Leinster scored a very similar try in the 2012 Heineken Cup semi-final against Claremont when Rob Carney went through the exact same gap as Hugo Keenan, only he passed to Keen Healy to finish. And Gary Ringrose was on um, Hugo Keenan's outside today. So uh, to unleash something like that on the biggest day was just so, so pleasing. But the quality of their play, you think back to James Lowe's stunning finish. Um, 
it was a game like Rudd said I agree I don't think I've seen a better half of rugby it, it was never going to be like that for 80 minutes but the second half was no less enthralling just in a different kind of sense so um, it's not just beating France I think it's the manner of it it wasn't without its controversies I mean like France should have been down to 14 men um, and that maybe the scoreline might have even been bigger I think we can get on and talk about it we can talk about it now I thought it was a scandalous decision really uh, not from Wayne Barnes not to send Uni Antonio off um, Rob Herring not coming back uh, on after a HIA probably said it all really and you know, for anyone watching on, if parents, you know, if their kids are playing the game, these are the exact type of tackles that you're trying to outlaw. You have a 145 kg man hitting a guy who's far, far lighter. So that was the one potentially sour note. Thankfully, it didn't become even more of a talking point um, at the end. But uh, it was certainly, I thought, a poor, poor error from Wayne Barnes. Yeah, let's look at that sensational first half first. I mean, it was absolutely breathtaking. We can talk about the hands of Tyg Furlong, but the hands of Finlay Bealham for that brilliant opening try after eight minutes and that lovely line, as you mentioned there, by Hugo Keenan. And then we had those three minutes midway through the first half. Damien Penno with a brilliant try, which was everything beautiful about French rugby and the response with that outstanding flying finish by James Lowe Rory. There were plenty of other brilliant moments in that first half. It was just an absolute belter. Oh, it was absolutely enthralling for minute one, and like to think that Ireland were able to stay calm in those moments as the things got, as things got crazy and deliver a moment of such clarity. It was obviously off the training ground. It was after Andrew Porter had been had been held up over the line. It was a goal line dropout. Caelan Doris carries hard at uh, Julian Marchand and, and Weenie Antonio, and they targeted Big Antonio as Key mentioned, 145 kilos. He was sluggish around the the fringes. He went, he bought what Ireland were selling, and he didn't go through the gap. But even that, like. Ireland didn't finish all their chances today. That try took some finishing. He raced through the gap and he backed himself. He had the option of ring rows, as, as Keane said. It was a sensational score. And, um, you know, Ireland, when they got into the 22, the French size, the French defence swallowed them up a little bit. As I said, they got held over the line four times. So they needed that. They needed that bit of inspiration, that bit of pre-planned. I was surprised when they had a quick tap penalty. They didn't have some sort of move worked out that, that would kind of fool the French a little bit more. They needed a bit of class from James Lowe. I've seen replays that suggest his foot wasn't touched, so the French have reason to be annoyed with Wayne Barnes as well. Um, but it was an incredible piece of athleticism to score, a really good pass from Ringrose in the build-up. Like Ringrose was stunning today again. Uh, his consistency levels are off the charts now. Penault's try was, to be honest, the kind of more what I'd be into in terms of like you know pre-planned plays are fine, but a player just going for it from minute 22 and running the race um, off a line off Jalon's shoulder to score a try of that quality was just magnificent. And France. You know, well, they kicked an awful lot today, and obviously that was a tactic they had. They weren't afraid to go for it either, and and they they brought a lot to the to the party today. They played some incredible rugby. You got to take into account as well, Sinead. Like Ireland are missing Tyke Furlong, they're missing Dan Sheehan, they're missing Robbie Henshaw, they're missing a few. You know, basically a, a load of starters. Jemison Gibson Park, Conor Murray's just spent a couple of days at his you know his father's hospital bed. And he's come in and played a, a big part in this game. So there is. An awful lot of adversity. We've talked about this. You know, Andy Farrell's talked about this repeatedly. The, that word adversity. They lose uh, Johnny Sexton with 48 minutes gone, and Ross Byrne comes in and closes the game out. Craig Casey has a big game. This squad, like Tom O'Toole, myself and Keane were talking about it during the second half. Players not even getting picked for Ulster. He's playing unbelievable stuff uh, in the second half, despite his lack of inex- his lack of, lack of experience. So it's an outstanding win for Ireland because of all of those factors. Ty Byrne, you know, part of the team of the year last year, he gets forced off in the second half. Ian Henderson comes on. The depth in the squad, the quality of the squad, 
they rode out. They could have got felt sorry for themselves, Keane, after the Weenie Antonio decision, but they didn't. And the, like, it looked to me like France were on top in that second half, the first 20 minutes, and Ireland were starting to hang it in there. But then they had a tactical nouse to kick them in behind through those Casey and Ross Byrne kicks. Like, they're showing so many ways to win games, this team. Absolutely. And this is probably the, the biggest difference, you'd have to say, between maybe of Ireland teams of old. It's that, you know, it's coming from Andy Farrell, like you said, embracing the chaos. Because if you were missing that calibre of players going up against this calibre opposition, I think in the past there would have been a sense of panic from supporters. There would have been, you know, they would never admit it publicly, but there could have been doubts in the players' heads. And you're right, like the impact that Ireland got off the bench today the impact from the profile of guys like you said Tom O'Toole that was probably the best uh, cameo that he's had in an Ireland jersey you'd have to say Craig Casey and Ross Byrne steering the ship and like they actually helped see out the game just like they did in Cardiff last weekend but also to get the bonus point try I mean it was really really impressive stuff you mentioned a couple of kicks that they made just smart decisions at the right time when you know everything else was going to, going on around them it would have been easy to kind of lose focus lose track of what their role was but they kept playing to script and I think that is a huge huge plus like Johnny Sexton going off early like one of the big conversations we always have at the start of a Six Nations is how many games should Johnny Sexton play how often should he play well once again today you know you saw he goes off injured but Ross Byrne comes in and Ireland don't miss a beat really so uh, hugely hugely encouraging stuff and um, a lot to, a lot to take forward like you said the Grand Slam is there now um, I was kind of reluctant to, to bill it as a Grand Slam decider before it, and they do still have plenty of work to do. But getting over this hurdle, I think as much as mentally as anything else, is massively important. And I think it's worth mentioning too that the colour and the noise that the French supporters brought today, I mean, they travelled in their thousands. At times it felt like we were in Paris at a home game, and it just really bodes well for the World Cup, doesn't it, in terms of the atmosphere that we're going to get over there. Sorry about that, lads. My connection actually uh, died there. But I'm not sure if you mentioned Caelan Doris in your conversation there, Rory, because he was outstanding today. He was. We've mentioned him in passing, but he's, he merits a, a full answer, I think. I mean, from minute one, he was involved. He was carrying hard. He had a massive part to play in that brilliant Hugo Keenan try. And he's such an influential player for Ireland now. You know, Josh van der Fleer won World Player of the Year last year. Doris is in the form at the moment that if he keeps going, he, you know, if he keeps going right through a World Cup, he could be in that conversation again this year. He's so consistently excellent. And that pass he delivered to Gary Ringos for the try. Andy Farrell spoke last week about a, a Premier League game he'd watched recently where Man City broke leads. Well, Ireland broke France in that moment. He was the one against France's defensive leader, Gael Fiku. He holds strong and delivers a pass that really no one else on the pitch probably could have delivered. Two-handed in the tackle. I've never seen it. He just pumps the ball out to Gary Ringos, who himself was absolutely brilliant all day. Made a couple of big defensive plays. Could have been in the mix for that man in the match as well. But Doris... He's a world-class operator at number eight. He has big moments in him all the time, but he also shows up for the little moments as well. Hits breakdowns, mall, uh, mall turnovers. His passing is really good. His offloading is really good. From minute one to minute 80, he was sensational. He's become such a fulcrum of this team over the last couple of years. And like he's part of the reason, even when Sexton goes off and some of the senior leaders go off, he's in the leadership group himself now, that you don't have any panic about this Irish team anymore. He's such a quality operator right now. OK, Rory, we let you off because you've scored on to the Andy Farrell and Johnny Sexton presser. Keen, just stay with us for one second and talk about this win, the significance of this win in terms of the possibility of Ireland playing France later this year in the World Cup and also they're on for the slam as well. Yeah, like I do think we should yeah, and supporters should enjoy the 
today for for what it is um like the world cup play in france if they do if that does end up happening over there is a very very different different kettle of fish than it is then playing them in dublin it's worth mentioning as well that was a record ireland 13 13th consecutive home win and to do it they also broke it broke France's record of 14 consecutive wins so that adds more context to it but you're right Sinead if you are kind of taking the bigger picture approach and and looking further down the line and I touched on this at the very start of our conversation it was massive from a mental point of view that Ireland got one over on France because even if you look at it in black and white if Ireland were to play France in a World Cup quarterfinal and if they'd lost today like if you're not going to beat them at home how do you expect to beat them in Paris where it's bloody difficult to to win at the best of times so um, it's huge absolutely huge and like I'm repeating myself but it's the manner in which they did it this wasn't a lucky victory it wasn't a narrow victory they beat them by four tries to one probably left a, a couple of you know more scores out there as we touched on but it's absolutely massive you know Ireland will have a break I think they'll absolutely relish having a few days off after that I'd say the the bodies will be very very sore I think they're coming back in late next week for a mini camp maybe even training against the Ireland under 20s who are going really well themselves so they'll regroup then the following week and they'll go to Rome and like we saw you know Italy are clearly an improving force and they're not to be taken lightly but if we're calling a spade a spade this Ireland team should go to Rome I don't think we're going to see wholesale changes or anything like that injuries depend depending you'd hope to get a couple of key guys back from injuries um, if anything and then they'll have another break and then you'll have Scotland and then you'll have England here the day after Paddy's Day Paddy's weekend in Dublin like what an occasion uh, that could be so Ireland have done a lot of the groundwork in the opening two weekends Sinead uh, to outscore Wales by four tries to one was unbelievably impressive in in Cardiff but outscore France four tries to one I think was well it clearly is even more impressive so uh, it all bodes well and I think the good thing is as well I don't think we're getting ahead of ourselves Um, I don't think many supporters will get ahead of themselves and certainly internally and this comes down from Andy Farrell as well. I don't think that anyone within the squad will get uh, ahead of themselves because I think they'll look back at that performance and they'll pick through it and they'll see areas, you know, where it got a bit loose at times, which played into France's hands. You know, you touched on Damien Penno's sensational try. Um, but it was just a skill level on show um, from Ireland. Rudd touched on the Caelan Doris pass, but... Ringrose's pass for James Lowe's finish. James Lowe's finish will get all of the credit and all of the highlights. Rudd mentioned that there might have been a replay that showed he was out, but let's take it that it was in and it was given. Unbelievable finish, but watched back Gary Ringrose's pass to throw at that length and for James Lowe not to have to break his stride. That allows him to finish in it. So it's this Ireland team executing under the most the fiercest of pressure like this. A lot of people, including myself, probably would have said that potentially France were the number one ranked team in the world, despite what the rankings suggest. But as Rod said as well, I don't think there's any doubt that right now in this current uh, moment, Ireland are definitely worthy of that top ranking. Yeah, they certainly put meat in the bones of that today. I think really think we witnessed um, something uh, pretty special here today. So uh, Keen Tracy and Rory O'Connor, thank you for that. You can catch up on all the reviews and all the opinions on independent.ie over the next few days. Uh, Will and Luke will be here next week. Enjoy that win and thanks for listening. The Six Nations on the Left Wing Podcast. Rate, review and follow the show on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast.